0: to your journey, yeah, Allah, yeah, Allah, don't let me go astray, cause I need you by my side, I wish to be
1: Assalamu Alaikum, everyone. Welcome again to yet another Mindful Muslim podcast. This month, we're excited to present a topic that isn't very much discussed in our communities. It's mental health in prisons. Guest wise, here with us today we have Minha from Public Relations.
2: Alaikum, everyone.
0: And Shamoli who will give us a bit of an introduction. Asalaamu Alaikum, everyone. Um, I'm Shimoli, and my background is mental health and prison rehabilitation.
1: So to give a bit of a background to mental health care um, itself, of men and women in prisons, according to the Prison Reform Trust, 10% of men and 30% of women have a psychiatric admission before they actually enter prison. And personality disorder is actually the most prevalent um, amongst prisoners. Um, So prisoners actually experience not only personality disorder, but anxiety and depression as well, which is actually two times greater than the general population. And this rate is reflected in suicidal attempts, suicide itself, uh, but it's greater in women. And this growing prison population means that there are now more people in prison with mental illnesses than ever before. So those arrested and those who actually go to prison require a lot of mental health support. Um, And there's been a recent government plan... Um, which is actually trying to invest and support those actually caught up in the criminal system, ensuring that they are not only identified but actually diverted to the appropriate healthcare and support services. But are these services which have been rolled out, are they actually available appropriately? So I suppose the critical question I want us to cover today are: are prisoners actually treated well within prisons? Um, what should they be offered? Um, and what about Muslims in prisons with mental health problems? We'll actually be finishing off by discussing whether prisons are actually really a really place for people with mental health problems, and whether uh, whether there are actually any alternatives. So to start off, uh, Min is going to discuss briefly the treatment of prisoners with mental health problems.
2: In prisons in the in England and Wales, you know there are inmates who are held in segregation and they experience you the know very sort of um, isolating um regimes and the the activities they do are you know they're not purposeful you know they don't they don't give them they don't give them motivation and it's not any it's not any sort of driven sort of activities um, and the Prison Reform Trust revealed that the report finds that segregation units and close evasion centres they entail socialised isolation, inactivity, and increased control of prisoners. And this is a combination proven to harm mental health and well-being. I mean, like, firstly, you can you imagine just committing a crime? Okay, you know, you've done you. You need to you know that needs to be um, punished. You need to do your time for it. But you know, for people who then. Uh, you know, are accepting of what they did was wrong and actually want to sort of um, go through that uh, process where they actually want to get back into society. You know, they want to be forgiven and they want to do right by what they did wrong. And then for them to not be given the opportunity, you know, in prison where they're held, you know, I think they, what is 23 hours, they have to be sort of in their cells, they only get an hour out or they, you know, certain activities, Um for them to not even be motivating, I mean like you know it's no wonder reciditive rates in the u k are so high because in prison they're they 're not taught anything meaningful or they 're not taught you know right from wrong rather they 're just told okay you 've done your time, just sit alone, you know don't do anything, and then go back into society you know they're not actually le- they 're not actually learning anything new rather they 're just being isolated and then for them to go back out into society that's going to cause further isolation right yeah, so what kind of um
1: what kind of things do they actually experience within segregation themselves so is there any reports
2: on that um well i think segregation itself is it explainable i mean like they just sort of sit there i think i don't know shamoli do you know any more
0: about this um yes no segregation it is as you said 23 hours and it's in their cell not much um the young offenders institute i was at and usually that. From London prisons, definitely I know, they get a visit from the chaplain every day to see if they're safe, a quick talk. It's a bit of a tick list. The chaplains, mashallah, they put their heart into it. And that's it really. But other than that, when you're on segregation, you're there, you're alone, four walls. That's it. So are they
2: given like books or, you know, anything like that?
0: There are books, Qurans, um, Bibles are often requested, which the chaplaincy provide. But, again, the books, it's very, um, I think, beyond Quran and Bible, they can be, trying to see what the word, reluctant to provide any books outside of that.
1: Is there any way they actually, um, you know, do they communicate with anyone else um, in segregation? So are they allowed to kind of go out
0: of their own... Only prison prison officers and, again, the chaplaincy. And, again, this isn't segregation. This isn't the offenders generally. When someone ends up in segregation, it's usually to either they have gotten into a fight or they might be waiting a judicial review. So it's not necessarily those with mental health issues.
2: I mean, like the Prison Reform Trust, you know, their research did say that some inmates, you know, they purposely tried to go into segregation because of the bullying that they receive, especially, you know, those with mental health problems. They, you know, it's like double the bullying and a lot of them, you know, obviously it's a different story, but a lot of them did uh, report that actually they get a lot of they get bullied a lot from the the officers there. So a lot of them do purposely actually go into segregation. I mean, like that just, I don't know about you guys, but to me that shows that the quality of life within just general offenders must be so poor that they actually want to push themselves into further isolation. Absolutely.
1: Especially if they face so much violence, they face abuse. And their only way of actually surviving in prison is actually to do something so they end up in segregation, And that way, you know, that's their way of surviving on a day to day, whether it's kind of mentally or physically.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that definitely. Um, And I've seen it myself as well the idea of um, young men, I say men because my background's with male offenders, I'm sure with females, it won't be too. different but young men very vulnerable and they've got no coping strategies nor is it being facilitated to them and as you said segregation is the safest place to get themselves into and also even on the flip side those that are getting into fights or might be doing the bullying that's getting them into segregation we have to ask where is that angst coming from why are they behaving like that as well and what's being done to support that and i think both it's lacking on both sides of the spectrum. Just to kind of um,
1: think about, uh, I want us to kind of give some reasons about what do you think prisoners should actually be offered? Does anyone have kind of anything to say with that? Because one of the things that I think should be offered is actually training for staff to actually deal with these mental health issues um, or actually having health professionals in um, to work in prisons to deal with who actually have these qualifications and actually to deal with these mental health problems that are, are actually in prison. So group therapy, um, one-to-one um, and with staff, I think actually having a good prison staff relationship um, within segregation units itself, it's is a good practice to have building that rapport because if it works in therapy, it's going to work in anything. It's going to
2: work in building any sort of relationship. I mean, like, my opinion is it might be a little bit far fetched and i think yeah that that prison police officer relationship you know there needs to be um a sort of level of authority there of of course but i mean like the same way a teacher has authority over a student i think you know police officers should be that relationship should be the same like similar do you know what i mean like police officers you know they should be a good role model almost you know they yeah they're law enforcers but prisoners should be able to say that okay you know he, he's a good guy he's not mean to you know people like me who have done stuff in their life like they regret you know yeah and um I think there needs to be I mean like I've never worked inside a prison but from what I know um I think there needs to be a holistic approach to mental health and different ways of sort of uh, dealing with it. So, like you said, group therapy and, you know, uh, one-to-ones and things like that. But also just, you know, like, the thing, sort of things they have available for, like, support groups. So, like... Um, creative creative sort of uh methods like the coloring or the building of bird houses or, or you know something yeah. something like that rather than just the standard you know we're going to talk to you about it because let's face it men don't talk about it i don't know if there is anything like that in prisons at the moment that's offered shamoli
0: um, yeah, I was just about to say, um my opinion, I think it's more far fetched than you slightly minute. I think there needs to be a whole well being rehabilitation program for all prisoners because the other aspect is the undiagnosed mental health um low well being generally and um yeah, training for prison guards that are based there there's not much there is a mental health team there's a community mental health team in nearly every prison then you do some have some mental health officers. But again, money needs to be pumped in. The government needs to get rid of the lip service and a lot of money needs to be pumped in so it's working. Staff aren't overstretched and they're able to provide the service as opposed to, he's on suicide watch, let me see him, tick it off, make sure we're accountable. So a holistic, full-blown rehabilitation programme pre- and post-release. And I think that's really important if we're talking about talking about re-offending. Something that gets started whilst they're in prison to help them facilitate their own thoughts. I've worked mainly with young offenders. It may be slighter with older offenders. But definitely with young offenders, what you find is they don't quite... Um, how do I say? And with mental health issues, this is heightened even more. The triggers, the things that affect their life, the things that may be making them feel like that, coping that... It's not as easy as you and I, we can sit, we can reflect. But these young men need someone to facilitate that reflection. And I think of an actual program like that before release, with a good amount of time before release. And then again, when they're back in the community, and I'm going to talk from a faith aspect because I think that can't be overlooked. I'm a Muslim, we're Muslim, we're talking in Inspirated Minds. And then again, when they're out to be back into the community, supported back, and not isolated and whether that be an actual service someone may need islamic counselling um what they've gone through whether it be bullying that we that's not going to be wiped out but when they're out they need help with that and they need nurturing um so they don't come back in and inside i think yeah a, a holistic program is vital and with prison officers yes training lots of training you get mental health first aid training you can send people it's not that bigger thing to do and i think prisons need to step up and do that Uh,
2: i think i think that's a i think that's a really great concept to have to to be able to educate you know young offenders before they go back out because you know prior to being in prison something might have set them off which they you know had no idea about and if they're not educated and they don't acknowledge that or it's not identified it's just gonna trigger them again when they get back out and they're going to be back to square one whereas if they are you know it is it is empowering to know hang on why did I do that how can I prevent that again so I think that that's such a great concept Uh, to to have like within prisons I think that would um, I think that you know that would um, that would sort of free a lot of young offenders from their like sort of their impulse you know their impulses and their desires of you know what they and you know again speaking from a faith perspective if they're especially Muslims like you know if they're you know if they're taught to understand that you know you are actually stronger than your feelings and, you know, your desires. Um, And, you know, when they're put back into society where this is more heightened, you know, they can almost train themselves to not fall as a victim to themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, um,
1: Shamoli, I was going to ask, in terms of, you know, faith, how interested do you think prisoners are especially those with mental health problems how interested are the young people um in taking a holistic approach to um i guess to some form of intervention
0: um i think it's the same with working any with any group of vulnerable people Um, i don't want to impose it like they don't know they want the help but it's kind of how you take that help to them Um, Many come on. They're very engaging. And I have found, again, when I was um, in working, not in prison, rather working in prison, a lot of them engage in chaplaincy. Muslim lads engage in chaplaincy. And they are very, um, they're all for it. And their mind is very much turning, what many are saying about getting to understand Islam. Unfortunately, sometimes that's not linked to the practical aspects of life. And that's what I feel. Again, that's my opinion, though. But what I feel, that makes them drop from Islam and then go back into crime when they're out. Um, many, As I said, many are interested. Others, not so much so. However, there's the other question of, is the program actually there to understand their interest? Some places there is. Some places it's not being fulfilled fully. Where it is, I think it could... Um, where it is offered, I think there will be interest. I definitely think there will be. And again, but you need professionals. It needs to be professionals that are trained or, or lay people that are trained by professionals and can deliver this clearly.
1: Right. Okay. So just to kind of give a background about um, Muslims in prisons, um, there's been a growing number, especially within London, um, who are carrying like a large number of prisoners, Muslim prisoners, about 30% compared to... 13% nationally, and the biggest stigma prisons actually face, um, especially upon release, is they have to deal with backlash from the community, um, they have to face constant isolation, they face a the lack of support, um, which is increasing, especially if they have mental health problems, especially suicide. Um, that being said, Shimoli, who, who has a background in mental health, and she's previously worked in rehabilitation, um, how do you feel that How do you feel that we're actually offering support to Muslims once they've, you know, been released from prison? May I be blunt
0: or do I need to be politically correct? Be blunt. (laughs) Be blunt. It's not being done enough. Masha'Allah, there are inspirited Minds. I myself run a campaign, not blowing my own horn. Masha'Allah, there are lots of people coming in that want to help the community. The community itself is opening up to mental health. But where we should be at, with the organizations we have, with the mosques we have, with the financial backing we have, with the resources in terms of people and education, it's there isn't enough support. And I think there's something in the psyche of the Muslim community where it's still stigmatized. Mental health is stigmatized anyway. In babe communities, there's further stigma. In Muslim communities, there's even more further stigma. And I think we need to step up to the bar. And actually, what I was mentioned about the resettlement program on rehabilitation after release, where they're coming back out to a community that ideas them and takes them in, a lot of work needs to be done on that. And we need to do that as a community and Lots of links. And I also think it's a duty um, for our mosques and organisations to really put that on the fore. You are not going to have a thriving ummah if the emotional well-being is so low. In London, is 33% of the London prison population, 33% are Muslim lads. That's the young male, so male offenders. As a whole, we are, I believe, um, 12.4%. Sorry, my bad. 25% London prison population, Muslim lads. As a whole, we're around fifteen percent I can't remember the number exactly. That's a huge discrepancy, especially in London, where we're so diverse. We have so many organizations. And essentially, we have a lot of people power. And I think it's time about changing the cycle of the community and empowering each other. And we, can't, we need to come to a point where no, it's not enough for someone with mental health to be isolated. It's not enough to stigmatize someone that's come out of prison because guess what? They're coming back to our society. They're going to grow up with us and they're going to grow up with the generation after. And we have a duty not to only our children, biological children. I have none, but those that have. We have a duty to all of the youth they are the best of generations if we have an issue with the way they are growing we've done something wrong absolutely and again i'm sorry if that's a bit too off the mark but there's certain things that i think we need to start really just saying speaking of it as it is not to say people aren't doing work i just want to throw that out there mashallah people are doing really good work but it's about banding together and doing that even more so and leaving no
2: excuses. And I, I do. I think that I don't think that's you know that's you know overboard or anything. I think that's you know bang on, um, because you know there seems to be something in the in the Muslim community, and you know that number was just for London. So imagine you know the rest of the rest of the UK. Um, but I do think, like you said, there is something um, within the Muslim community that sort of says okay you know you're you're in prison you've done something bad um blah 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 um you know you're not accepted back into society or you know you push to the edge however you know if that person didn't go to prison say that person was still drug dealing or they were they were still um you know stealing things or they're still vandalizing you know that person wouldn't have been pushed to society just because they hadn't been punished so now that that person has done their time, that you know justice has been brought, why then do we decide? Oh, just because that person's got a label, they've got a criminal record, that's it. You know, we need to stigmatise that person, scapegoat them. You know, tell them they're not welcome anymore. I don't, I don't really understand that sort of notion that we have.
1: Yeah, I think with Muslims, they face not only the stigma of being Muslim; they might also face, you know, either being black, being an eth- part of an ethnic minority. And then on top of that, when they leave prison, they're facing isolation from their own communities. Um, And that's just, that's so difficult on them. And that's, that's also, it's kind of leading them to to depression. It's leading them to actually build that level of anxiety they might have or leading them to commit suicide. So it's actually something that we need to work on. Um, Definitely, there needs to be so many things in place. So things like not only you know targeted improved care and support for prisoners from
2: from mental health but actually our communities themselves mm. I think that there needs to be a massive point made. Is we, as a community, we seem to think that uh, there are things that just can't be forgiven. However, we forget that you know some of the greatest men to live, you know, they committed grave sins. Like they used to bury their daughters alive. You know, they used to commit zina, etc., etc. You know, murder people. Um, you know, they used to go against the Prophet ﷺ. However, some of these men, you know, they were amongst the ten that were promised Jannah. So if Allah can forgive their sort of, um, not comparing obviously people to them, but this is the examples that we have to live by, right? And, you know, maybe Allah promised them Jannah to show us that yes Allah is most forgiving so if Allah can forgive sins like that then why can't we just welcome someone back into society and I think that needs to be pushed forward and shown to people that you know you, we're not above the sunnah and we're not above Allah so whatever Allah can forgive we need to forgive that 10 times as much you know. Um. So in your time
1: working in this field do you think that um, Muslims aren't actually talking enough about it or what are what are they actually saying? Because I feel like for Muslims, there is um, there is a lot of people, we, we kind of, we don't look at, there are some things that we ignore quite a lot. There are some, mental health is one of the biggest things that um, Muslims ignore. But what
2: kind of, um, what kind of things have you experienced within the community itself? Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, like I can't speak for every masjid, but I think the problem lies in is that, you know, um, yes, UK, you know, it's, it, you know that England is not a Muslim country. We understand that, and I, I personally, from the masjids that I've worked with, is that some of them feel that just by doing their their Salah, by doing the Taraweeh, by holding classes for children, they feel that 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 their obligation is done you know they they feel that you know that's all that they can possibly do in the west so when we bring them things like mental health and helping prisoners and doing things for um you know larger creative activities and things like that they they're sort of a bit like well we don't actually need to do that so why why make our life any harder not saying that every masjid am you know, not saying that is laziness or negligence but that i feel that that is the sort of mentality that's around is like let's just do what we have to do and that's it, we don't need to do anything else? I think I was basically going
1: to discuss
2: how we can better support
1: mental health within a healthcare setting, I think, because that's really, we can discuss how we need community support, which is very much necessary, but we need to talk about what is actually needed in place within prisons itself. So actually having a screening tool, um, so when prisoners actually enter the system, we understand what mental health problems they have. We know um you know where they feel where they feel they should access support where they can access support what they need the appropriate kind of care the pathway that they should take just like when you enter um community mental health settings um when you enter you know um an IAP setting you know what kind of care you're going to give to your um to the client or to the patient they know what they like what they want um what kind of support they need um and also just like Within mental health, you have professionals being trained. You need that sort of training in staff um, who work in prisons. You need that mental health. You need they need to be able to know um, or identify suicide themselves, not just a tick on a piece of paper, um, not just some sort of warning, but being able to understand, being able to talk to that person about suicide openly. And you also need um, minorities within prisons to be able to support others, so um, you have the chat plane but then you, have, um, you need to have um, ethnic minorities or Muslims itself within prisons to support others um, and I know human aid are actually doing that um, and actually like I mentioned before targeted improved cares for those most vulnerable, um, ensuring that care is appropriate, it's skilled, it's timely and that's implemented in the right way and it's monitored and, not, and evaluated. Um, to actually examine the effectiveness of that of that care. Um, and if we don't do that, we're kind of just throwing out some sort of service and we're not actually um, looking at how it's affecting the prisoners, um, how it's affecting Muslims. Um, and actually having research, so actually understanding what's happening in prisons, what's actually happening, rather than what government reports are kind of saying. Um, we need to actually get down and actually understand Um, how how Muslims within prisons are actually feeling and I know in the US they have some um, rehab programs um, and systems that are actually working to support Muslims but we need to have a lot more of that in the UK
2: yeah I I totally agree I don't think I mean like before I met Shimoli actually I didn't even know that there was such a thing like you said Shimali, it's not in everyone's faces and I don't know about you, but I actually don't know, apart from your, you know, your project, I don't actually know of any post sort of, uh, you know, post-prison like rehab organizations particularly for Muslims like I work in mental health and um, you know with my supervisor we get one-to- ones we get debriefs when we've had like a really difficult client and it is true like prison officers don't get that we you know we forget that prison officers like they do have emotions especially with so much in the media recently about you know about police and you know not saying that the people who did that you know they shouldn't be held accountable of course they should but there are officers out there who are actually trying to do a good job and they're the ones that aren't you know being highlighted and they're the ones that are probably not getting the care that they should be yeah if you're not supporting if you're not
1: supporting officers um then you're not then they're not able to appropriately support the um the young peoples and the adults as well so you're technically just leaving out you're kind of you're not taking care of the people who who are who actually need that help as well um you know if if you came back home from work and you were so tired and you'd go in next day the next day and you're you're consistent if you're consistently consistently feeling low and tired um you're not you're not doing a good job and you know that you go into work and you just don't feel right you don't feel good um and you're constantly you're losing your you're not taking care of yourself you're losing your well-being and you're losing Um,
2: your motivation as well like the reason why you started doing this in the first place you're losing that that you know that ambition that you once had so, prisons should be offering a safe place for
1: rehabilitation, which is something, despite new government funding, isn't actually happening. Um, in particular, we need support um, for Muslims, for ethnic minorities, um, and what prisons currently are doing is not enough to support those with mental health problems. Um, we definitely need a lot more, um, not only training, we, do, we a lot more catered support, but we need we need some sort of movement from our own community, our own Muslim communities to support those who um, support those young people and adults who leave um, prison. So Jazakala, Heraminha, and Shimoli and those listening in to the podcast today, um, we were discussing prisons and mental health. We hope that inshallah you'll be able to join us next time. And if there's anything you'd like us to discuss, any topic in the future, then please do email us at info at inspiritedminds.org.uk don't forget to join us in the um in this discussion in the comments below and inshallah we'll see you next time assalamu